0: Welcome to TNT. I am your host, Micah McKenzie. And as you can see, I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Jasmine Wilson, and she will be talking with me today. Uh, We're gonna be discussing how the Olympics just seems to be against Black women this year. A lot, Um, and we're going to be specifically talking about track, and because I know absolutely nothing about track, I have my good friend Jasmine with me. So Jasmine, if you would like to introduce yourself, just give like a brief introduction of who you are and like what you do.
1: Of course, yeah. So my name is Jasmine Wilson. Um, I run track for Stevenson University. Um, I've been running track since 10th grade in high school, which is interesting because a lot of the athletes that I run with have been running their whole life. So um, I was a little late to the game, um, but I'm starting to get into the groove now that I'm in college, things are really different. Um, And a lot of these topics um, that we're gonna discuss today come up in my arena. Um, As uh, Even though I'm in division three, it's still heavily talked about and scrutinized, criticized, all those things. So I'm excited to talk with you about all these topics. It's gonna be a great conversation. Yeah. And I'm definitely
0: looking forward to hearing your perspective because you're in it and you're living it. Um, And the rest of us are just watching it. So um, because we have so much information we have to talk about, I just want to give like the audience, you know, just a chance to like catch up on the background just in case they aren't following it. So Mm -hmm. for today's Watch Pop moment, here's the facts that you need to know. So first off, the Olympics haven't even started yet. um, And we already have about, well, now seven black female track athletes who have been banned or suspended. Uh, there have been six female track athletes from Africa, Beatrice Masalingi, Christina Mamboa, Francine Neon Shamba, and Margaret Wambi and Castor Simenya have all been banned or um, suspended or prohibited from competing in their respective events based on their testosterone levels. The thing that's interesting here is that all six of these women either suffer from hyperandrogenism, which is a condition where the body uh, produces higher levels of the opposite sex hormone. So if you are a biological female, you produce more testosterone. If you're a biological male, you produce more estrogen. Um, and there really is no cure no fix all for this condition. It's really like you either take synthetic hormones or you get on hormone suppressors, um, like, but there are no surgeries or anything that can actually cure it. It's always something that would just have to be constantly treated. Um, And then there are a few of them who have recently discovered that they are intersex, meaning that there is a mixture of chromosomes and anatomy. So sometimes they don't always add up, Um, And the thing about being intersex is you could literally live your whole life not knowing that you are until you have to, like, get some blood work done and it shows up um, in your blood work screen. So a lot of things going on over here. Um, And our other runner, Brianna McNeil, uh, she runs the 100 meter hurdles. She was given a five year suspension after missing a drug test due to recovering from an abortion. I personally found this story very interesting because you know she talks about how she was sick at home recovering and she didn't hear her drug tester at the door Um, and then she accidentally changed the date of her procedure on her doctor's note because she thought that the doctor's office had it wrong and so the uh, testing center basically not only charged her with tampering with the um production of results, they also gave her a tampering charge, which is a bigger suspension. So she will be suspended for five years and she'll be unable to defend her title this year and will miss the next two Olympics. And of course, everyone's fan favorite, Shikari Richardson was of course suspended for one month and there was hope that she was going to be able to do the relay, but those dreams were crashed uh, as she was not selected for Team USA. But I think that that's interesting because Shikari seems to be taking this relatively well. You know, she stepped up, she's taking responsibility, but it just seems like everyone else is like, no, let her run. Um, And, you know, in my heart, I agree. But I do love to see that she actually is like taking responsibility uh, for what has been happening. So now that we have gotten those facts out of the way, let's actually jump into the meat of everything. So Jasmine, when it comes to these African runners, how do you feel about like hormone t- testing and like chromosome testing? Is that something that ever comes up in discussion for you guys, like on the collegiate level? Um,
1: Maybe not for everybody else, but it's interesting because I've had this conversation with my mom like a week ago um, because it, di- it came up um, after all of these athletes started being suspended. So when it comes to testing when it comes to like genetics and everything, I I see both sides. So on one side, I think it's necessary because, okay, let's back up. Men are naturally faster. They're stronger than because of their testosterone levels. So of course we're separated. We don't run together. There's no uh, co-ed teams. There are some, but they're aware that they're, these are the differences between, you know, the sexes, obviously. Um, so when you put women that have Increased level, some similar to the men on the men's team, it produces an unfair advantage. So I get it. I get why they want to do it. I get why, I, I get why they're putting this in place. But it's something they can't control. You know, so mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to me to ban them, to take them out of their sport. They've been training for. They've been they've been preparing for this moment just to t- pull them out of their race to represent the US because of something they cannot control. What you're born with is what you're born with. And some people have, and I think this is not talked about enough, the fact that there's like religious beliefs that stop people from wanting to put those things in their body, there's effects of putting those things in your body, hormone suppresses and things like that. It comes with a lot. And to tell someone that they need to take this or they will not be able to participate in their sport seems unfair to me. I wouldn't do it personally. I, I just think that that gets really touchy when you start telling people what they should do with their bodies, you know? So I, I disagree with that, but I also understand why it's in place. For, it's all about fairness, I guess. I'm taking a philosophy class that actually talks about goods and goods are basically our values and what we, what we put value in. So something that has value to me might not have value to you. That's, that's what this is giving me. it's The good that the Olympics is trying to protect is fairness but it's personal preference and free will is what I guess all of these runners are holding close to them as their good. So it's a conflict. I see both sides of it. I I wish this wasn't the problem because it seems to be one of those things where like the government's trying to control your body and stuff like that. So it gets touchy. I don't agree with that, but like I said, fairness, so. Yeah,
0: I was actually doing some research on like the history of, um hormone and chromosome testing like specifically for sports Mm -hmm. and like I thought it was interesting because apparently we've been doing it since the 50s and Mm -hmm. it's funny when it started like it was against um Eastern European women so like Germans Russians which I think is funny just looking at the like the lens of after World War II as -hmm. to why they would like own it's like only this sector of women have to be tested for this um so i thought that was interesting but then as i was reading on like through history doctors have kind of been like well this isn't necessarily like accurate because you know you have intersex people who like you know you may be born with x y chromosomes but you may have female anatomy like you may have a female reproductive system and like you've been raised as a woman um so they're things like that and then I was looking and saying that you know around 2015 that's when you know we see a lot of transgender athletes trying to um make cases to be in their um the gender that they identify with in that category and I thought it was interesting that they're like yeah you know anyone can be in whatever category they want because we're not going to discriminate against people but we're only going to have people uh do hormone tests if you identify as a woman and you were born a biological male which i think it it solely relies on like that testosterone element that you were talking about earlier but i just found it interesting that like yeah we're gonna put all of these limits on the female category and like if you are a transgender man like you can just come in it really doesn't matter what your hormone levels are looking like um and i think that that's been a seriously heavy like that's been a serious debate that a lot of people have been having about Mm -hmm. how exactly like, do we address transgender athletes in sports? Because like, we want to honor uh, how they identify, but at the same time, it's like, how do we manage to keep things fair when we don't want to like overly police people's Mm -hmm. bodies? Don't want to make it, you can only compete if you do X, Y. X, Y, and Z, yeah.
1: I I it's interesting that you say that because like I said I had this conversation with my mom too, I it gets really first of all the double standard with men and the women, I was just gonna say you they don't look at the the men the transgender men and say you have high levels of estrogen, yeah. like you know they don't they don't look at it that way they only look at it when it's the uh, the other way around which is not fair I think if it needs if it's gonna be judged it needs to be judged across the board and. And have that that equal playing field so people aren't feeling like they're discriminated against you know yeah when i think to- it's because, like they say fairness
0: and it's like okay if you're a transgender woman and you're competing in the female category some would say that you have an advantage because you've got testosterone right if you're mm-hmm. transgender Man, and you're competing in the male category, you kind of have a disadvantage because you were born with estrogen, and so you would think that the Olympics would be like, okay, yeah, you also need to be on like testosterone boosters to like have an even
1: play, even playing field, yeah. No. Which I,
0: I thought that that was interesting that they're just like, no, y'all can come in any way that
1: you want. Um. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like fairness to a degree, and I think when it comes to um, transgenders in the sport they identify with, I. One hundred percent promote like equality and people feeling comfortable. I think that that is important for their mental health and like for how they you know how they perform in general. Yeah. But it goes back to that fairness thing. I think it it's a clear unfair advantage. I was watching a news clip um, with two transgender females that were running in a high school female track team they had high levels of testosterone obviously um but they identify as women so they wanted to be on the female female side they felt like that was fair but they were wiping the competition they were winning every single championship they were blowing past these other girls and they were taking all the titles which they worked for but they have a advantage because of their genetics you know and so women were starting to back out there was a lot of girls saying they weren't doing it they didn't want to have to compete for this spot that's impossible for them to get it's like running against the guys on their team you know and even though they were taking hormones they were and they were trying to you know go through their transition it's it's inevitable that there's there's so much that you can do yep there's only so much you can do so it just it's it's always an imbalance and I think the Olympics is trying, I think all sports are trying, collegiate and every, I think they're trying to create a, a baseline, but they're not, it's not stretching far enough, you know? Yeah,
0: and I, I think it's interesting, I don't know if you watch Abbott and Preach on YouTube, but they've got like several videos about how it's just th- that this um, conflict in particular is unbalanced on both men and women. And it's like, okay, well, obviously, like the hormone level checking is not working because we have like people who have been raised as women, like who identify as a woman or like, or biologically women are not being allowed to compete in the category that was made for them because they Mm -hmm. suffer from certain medical conditions. Mm -hmm. So how exactly like can we go about fixing it? And I think one of the things maybe obviously we want transgender athletes to be comfortable in whatever category that they are in right. but i think that like we should also be considering like when did they start their transition because like take caitlin jenner for example you know before her transition she made her entire athletic career as a man you know she developed the mm. as a man she developed muscle mass strength endurance all of that as a man. So if mm-hmm. she wanted to come out of retirement and compete in female sports, I feel like some people would just be like, no, because no. <laughs> like you you literally developed your skills as an athlete, like in a, a male body with like full of testosterone. So mm-hmm. like basically like you would be running as a man
1: um, yeah. against
0: all of these women. But yeah. if you were to take someone who like, Let's say started like hormone blockers like before puberty, I think that maybe people would be more open to that because it's like you didn't even go through puberty as a man like you didn't get all the benefits of um, increased testosterone. So Mm -hmm. like I think that that should be something that we should be considering like when on a case-by-case basis it's like okay so like when did you transition like when did you start taking hormone blockers like are you still taking them are you doing synthetic things and stuff like that instead of like Mm -hmm. just being like let's test everyone and like hold them to the same standard despite them like not being given like the same materials or equipment to do it
1: yeah it's interesting because there's two sides of that so i know in powerlifting, I have a coworker who him and his wife both participate in powerlifting and there is a tested division and a non-tested division. Now, I haven't looked into that as far as chat goes. I think there is um, uh, where it's tested and non-tested. And I think if there's going to be um, a case where there's people either taking taking uh, hormones, taking testosterone or whatever, there needs to be a divide into this tested and non-tested division. Because clearly, putting it, <laughs> putting people in tested division who have these conditions or made a choice you know and decided that this is what they want to do with their life and they w- they feel more comfortable as a man or more comfortable as a woman whatever putting them in the same pot with people who have no no, no difference in their genetics or anything like that is just a recipe for disaster because you it, it doesn't make sense it, it just doesn't make sense you have people who are who are genetically different competing with people who have been the same their whole life and you just you expect for the outcome to be the same no it's not going to be the same but so the transgender community and the lgbtq plus community in general have been fighting to be equal with everyone else for years yeah and i think that creating that divide also will just be way too many steps backwards for for their movement and what they've been trying to do and i completely agree with you And i think that it's just the one thing
0: that really stuck out to me when i was researching this was like Castor Semenya like the previous olympics like her results were public which was previously like unheard of they tried to keep those test results private but she essentially had to go through a sex verification process after she she had just turned 18 In front of the entire world yeah and like i just you know it's already bad enough because like black women are viewed as like hyper masculine and now it's like oh well now we're gonna put your femininity like on the line like yeah it's, it's on the spot like to see what do you actually match up with what you're saying and i just feel like if we are gonna test i don't think that like the test results should be made public um or obviously, like, you know, you have to give a reason as to why this person was prohibited from racing. But for people to actually, like, publish, like, the actual numbers, like, the actual test results, I think that that should be something that is, like, classified information. Like, people should not just be able to go on and Google that and see, like, oh, the baseline <laughs> for testosterone was five and you were at seven. That that seems weird. Um, like, I just, I don't like that. I don't like having that that, that information just,
1: like, readily available like that it's Um, not cool at all and when you have a topic as controversial as this you put these people in danger like you you put and people take these sports seriously fans and everything else and you put them at risk when you when you do things like that not considering like hey this is a person this is a person at the end of the day this is a young person who is going through these different changes and having to be in the public eye while she's going through all of these changes and think about what I think everyone needs to stop and think about is have a little bit of empathy you know because think about where you were when you were 18 you know and having to think about what your body was doing you know because you go through many stages of you know development even in your later your later years like in your 20s and think about what your mental health was like you just got to be empathetic to people think about put yourself in their shoes and realize that track is a really hard sport mentally. On top of being an eighteen-year-old with raging hormones <laughs> and having to deal with all of those things, it just it can take a toll on not only their health but their performance. And when you're an athlete in like that kind, with that kind of like status, your performance is everything, and that's yeah. that's a daily thing you have to work on. Even for me, I'm in Division three sports, and I work on myself daily so that I'm able to run the times I need to run and be as competitive as possible anything any little thing like that would just tear me back down it would bring me back I would build up 10 steps and i would be knocked all the way down I don't think people stop and consider that all the time though that's I think that's a big problem
0: yeah I'm glad that you brought up the idea of privacy because when I heard about the Brianna McNeil case and like I I was reading an article that she did with the New York Times and she was basically saying that like yeah. You know, at first I told them that it was, you know, just an unexpected medical procedure and they are like, okay, send us a doctor's note. So then mm-hmm. she sends the doctor's note. She looks at the date. She's like, oh, they wrote this as January 11th, but I think it was on the 12th. And so she ends up changing it and they're, they get the note and they're like, okay, see all that you crossed something out. Why did you do that? And she was like, oh, I thought that the date was wrong. And they're like, okay, have your doctor send your entire medical file to us. <laughs> it's like, the entire (laughs) file like why why can't you just take the surgery report um so they send she sends the file and they're like hmm so this unexpected procedure um can you just confirm what this is for us and like apparently like legally it was a question that she did not have to answer but she Mm -hmm. answered it anyway and so obviously you know it was confirmed that she had an abortion and in this article, you know, she was explaining, she's like, I'm a Christian and, you know, I've always wanted children, but, you know, I got pregnant unexpectedly, and in by January, they hadn't really said what they were doing with the Olympics because of COVID, so she's like, I didn't know if, I, if the Olympics was happening, so I just made the decision that I thought was best, you know, for my career at the moment, and she also talks about how um, in her court hearings, I guess, when she was trying to fir- do the first uh, appeal for her suspension, they were like, oh, yeah, uh, we don't see you say that you were under mental and emotional distress. We don't have any records of you going to see a psychiatrist. Uh, what's that about? And she was like, well, you know, um, I'm black and black American, like we don't really like do th- and, like, and I'm a Christian like we don't really do that when i have a major problem in my life or like i'm going through a major decision i talk to my pastor and that's Mm -hmm. what i did and they they essentially penalized her for talking to a pastor or a spiritual leader instead of going to see a psychiatrist which i kind of feel like if she makes another appeal like she needs to be arguing that because like then they're infringing on her First Amendment right to freedom of religion. But I just thought Mm -hmm. it was interesting that they're like, yeah, if you had had a psychiatrist on here, we would have taken this way more seriously. But the fact that you Mm -hmm. went to go talk to your pastor, like, we can't accept that. Um, Mm. I just, I don't know. I think after getting the entire medical file and you seeing that it was clearly like she just made a mistake of the date, like, she didn't lie about not you know, not being there like she was. Like,
1: was there. It wasn't surgery. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. I just, I don't know. I think five years is excessive and her not being able to defend her title. And then they said for the year 2020, they were like, yeah, we need you to retire all of your medals and give back all of your prize money because everything is invalid now.
1: <laughs> I completely 100% disagree with this decision. I think it's ridiculous for so many reasons. Like going back to my psychology class, common sense right so common sense for them common sense is not common unless it's based on your experiences and community so if you're in a community where okay let's say we go outside every day at 10 Mm o'clock and that's what you're used to and that's what you've experienced and that's familiar to you that's common sense right yeah in the case in this case common sense for them is you should have went to a psychiatrist. You need medical evaluation to say you're going through this, not the guidance of a spiritual leader. That's common sense for them. That is not familiar in the black community at all. (laughs) At all. We don't go to the doctor. We don't check on our mental health. A lot of us don't. Now I'm trying to break generational curses. I'm trying to change that up. But I think for a lot of people, that's not common sense. And you cannot infringe your idea of common sense on someone else because you don't know their circumstances and situations. Now, like you said, freedom of religion—you can. I, I don't think that should have been a part of the case at all. I think I, don't that,
0: I, I was yeah. surprised that
1: they brought that up. They're like, "So you went to go see your pastor?" Yeah, it, because because that technically that's private information that shouldn't have to share. Like you said. She decided that she was going to put that out there so that they could understand her circumstances. But I don't know. I've heard a lot of negative experiences with psychiatrists, so I can understand why that might
0: not be. A good Especially option. like if she might not even if she didn't have a psychiatrist at the time. It's like now right. I got go to go to this whole new person and I got to mm-hmm. explain to them like my entire career, the mm-hmm. fact that I just had an abortion, that I'm going through like these legal changes, and like it's just a lot to like expect someone to. If they, I don't know if she was in therapy or not, but like under the idea that she wasn't, I would expect that that would be just a lot for a person to try. For, yeah. It's too much to do all at once.
1: Yes, that's too much in my opinion. I think that they needed a reason. And I think that comes, that's with all of these instances. They are, they're successful black women who have something to scrutinize. And because yeah. they have the, the littlest thing, the smallest thing, to scrutinize. They're highlighting it, bringing it to the forefront, putting it on the big big screen and billboards, and they're making it a huge deal so that these women cannot be successful. And I don't, I'm not one that subscribes to the idea that the whole world is against Black women. I think we are heavily discriminated against in a lot of ways, but I think that I, I don't think that, I don't sit in pity saying, oh my God, the world's against me and I need all of these different I need this person to be on my side this person to be on my side I just work hard you know and I think that these women are working hard but there's so many forces that are bringing them down like I was thinking about the Michael Phelps situation about how he has like abnormally long wingspan and yeah he's double jointed and all of those different things but he's still able to compete
0: he's a white male exactly
1: you know so like oh my god like he's just so gifted like isn't
0: he just so lucky to be like genetically different and it's just like but y'all
1: that's not what you said when yeah okay (laughs) yeah like he says born to swim because of all of these things why can't we say these women are born to be fast born to run yeah you know born born to be like just i don't i don't know it's a double standard and i think it comes back down to like people say protect our black women protect our black women which is true we're we are heavily discriminated against in every arena and concern like abortion having an abortion ha- having any kind of serious medical procedure takes a lot on a person anybody black white yellow whatever and for for them to put such a heavy punishment on her for having to deal with these things it just makes me it raises more questions you know it yeah. just it doesn't fit right with me but mm. you know
0: on to everyone's favorite, yeah. I just, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but like when I watch Sekeri Richardson run, like I'm just like, wow, like mm-hmm. I, it just like I, I'm sure you've seen like the slow mo pic. Um, of her like running and pointing like when you just when you see somebody doing something that they were essentially born to do and excelling at it like it's just like I don't know like I just feel this internal sense of like happiness and joy for that person and I just Mm -hmm. I felt so bad especially after hearing her story and like you know after she after that interview where um she qualified she was explaining she's like yeah my mom died last week and it's like wow like you're really you've gone through all of this and you're actually like making the steps to to potentially be like the next biggest star yeah Um, and then you know i then she did that they find out that she had failed a drug test and me personally looking at this case i was like the timing of this case is a little a little (laughs) bit strange because i feel like if we are drug testing for the olympic trials I, the, the way I would do it, I just, so apparently um, the rules for testing are you have to test negative, like from, I think it's from 10 a.m. to the time of your event. Mm-hmm. If that were me, I'd be like, hey, okay, everyone, we are being tested at 10.30, you get like, you know, fast track those results and like you stay in a room. Someone is going to be in this room monitoring you, watching you all until the time of your event and like maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, 30 minutes before your event, you get tested again. Mm -hmm. And and we process those results. And no one who has failed the test is allowed to even compete at the trial, Right. right. Like, so that, that, that was different. Like I was sitting, when I heard that, I was like, so she failed the drug test, but she was allowed to run. Anyway, like, I feel like that's, that's wasting wasting resources. It's it's, it's a waste of time. Um, So I definitely feel like if there is, if if the process for testing is different, I feel like we probably do need to change that. Like there shouldn't be a reason why people who failed their drug tests are even allowed to be on the track to run. Um, Mm -hmm. But people, I just thought it was interesting because, you know, she came out and said, yeah, you know, I knew it was wrong. I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I did it anyway. And I fully take on responsibility. And then, you know, you've got public opinion, which is like, oh my God, like it's weed, like it, it's not even performance enhancing, like, you know, mm-hmm. she should be able to run. And then people were saying like, mm-hmm. oh, it's the 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 law against marijuana is, is racist and all this other stuff. And I was just like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, we, we need to back up because <laughs> in doing my research, I was like, okay, so most Olympic, sports teams, like regardless of country, follow WADA, which is World Anti-Doping Association, which is a worldwide standard set of regulations. Mm -hmm. And so I would imagine that they try and make this as broad as possible because, you know, every country has like their own different culture uh, Mm -hmm. surrounding drugs or substances. So for people to say like, oh, it's legal in Oregon where she was, I'm like, that literally does not matter. It's in her contract that she cannot have these drugs in her system at any Mm -hmm. given time because she's also subject to random drug testing. Yeah, And it's like to say that, oh, well, in the West, in the Western world, you know, it's fine. I'm like, okay, that's, that's great for the West, but for everyone else, you tell somebody that you smoke weed, they're going to look at you like you do heroin. Yeah. So (laughs) so like, yeah, it's great that, uh, you know, weed in the West is being decriminalized and not even really its just being capitalized or people to make money mm. off. it's not even really being decriminalized um yeah. i just yeah. i just was like i i understand where people are coming from but at the same time like it's 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 a lot more difficult than what people are making it out to be if we want to talk about the rule you know being outdated I think that that's fine. Maybe we should say, oh, well maybe they should take a look at their banned substances and reevaluate things because the culture around certain drugs are changing. Yeah. Um, but to say that it was racist, I just kind of was like, I have issues with that because if we say that it's racist, then we're implying that black people and other people of color smoke weed and feeding into that stereotype, which yeah. we have been trying to combat for so long.
1: Yeah. Um, See, I have an unpopular opinion, but I completely agree with you. My opinion, okay, let's uh with the testing situation. So from what I've heard, like in professional sports, um there's a window in which you're you're tested, you have to be available within that window. Yeah. And um then once you're tested, they go about their business. I do think that if she drug tested negative, I mean, or, or positive, she shouldn't have, like you said, she shouldn't have stepped on the track. You know, that should have been a like COVID. Hello. But there shouldn't be a reason why she's qualifying and she failed, unless she got tested after she qualified, and then they based that off of her performance, but I don't think that her being, that it just, it was very convenient timing for that yeah. coming out. I was you like, know? This,
0: this timing is looking a little, I was like, she qualified Festive. on Tuesday, and it's coming out the Thursday after she qualified, that she, I just was looking at this, like, I don't know if, like, the higher-ups were just kind of like, okay, we see that she, you know failed and we're just fail. gonna keep this we're just gonna let her run because yeah. you know, the u.s needs to come back um yeah. and then you know other journalists found the results were like actually
1: actually she yeah <laughs> and I, that's what i was telling i was talking to my friend about so to your point of you know the racist comment i it angers me because i think that for one shikari came out and she accepted responsibility yeah. She was fully aware of what she did. Now, me, I wouldn't have taken that chance. I know she lost her mom and you cannot police how people cope. Everybody copes differently. Everybody goes through things differently and some people can't handle certain levels of stress. So you can't say that she shouldn't have done that because you know she should have coped differently because you are not in her body. You have to be empathetic to her situation and realize that different people do things differently, right? So that, that's that. But I think her her acceptance responsibility is great the the public opinion that it's just weed yada yada, yada. i think that I, and this really gets me going i think our generation has to stop asking for second chances all the time and stop think making excuses and stop wanting exceptions to be made because we especially as a black community we are under the microscope 10 times more than our white counterparts it just is yeah. what it is we are, we are looking, they're looking for us to mess up. They're looking for us to screw up. They see us being successful and they find any reason to discredit our success, right? Not everybody, but the mass majority. So we have to learn to do things right the first time. She knew it was in her contract. She knew it was illegal in her sport, regardless of it being legal in her state. Like you said, one of my track friends We were having this conversation and he was saying, think about other countries it's not legalized they they can't say yes you can do it no you can't because yeah. let's say someone else in um a foreign country loses their mom and they want to smoke to relax it's not legal there so they need a widespread they need a huge they need to cover a huge area with one large blanket and so they did don't do it she did it anyway she knew the consequences of her actions so saying i just think that saying that is involved is a cop-out you know I think it's a way to yeah. for her to say that it's it's okay and while weed is starting to be popular now I don't smoke and I haven't lost my parents so it's it's hard for me to speak on that portion of it but just because it's becoming legal and is being decriminalized doesn't mean that the rules of any particular situation you're in don't apply at my job Weed is completely banned. If you smoke it, you're out. Yeah, I'm it's, like, this is like,
0: this is no different than you getting a drug test as part of a job interview. As,
1: like, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: You exactly. can't produce the results. Like, you can't, you can't. You can't do it. it. Right. Um, and I just like, as for the whole, like, racism angle, like, a lot of people were like, well, what about Michael Phelps? Like, he was allowed to compete. And I was like, I was just, I just, you know, <laughs> I was like, OK, listen. You know i get i get what you're trying to say but when you Mm -hmm. look at the actual facts of of michael phelps case like he never failed his drug test and like so this controversy happened around the beijing olympics which was Mm -hmm. historical for him because he won like eight gold medals and like that had never been done before yeah Um, and so about like three months after the olympics a picture of him smoking from a bong came up and they were like So what y'all going to do about those medals now? (laughs) Um, And so they found out that like, it was taken at a college party four months before the Olympic trials. And they're like, okay, well, you technically weren't in competition, but your contract also says like, you can't have, even if you're not in the competition season and you're training, you can't be partaking in this. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna give you a five month suspension. Um, And like, you know, he lost some of his sponsors as mm-hmm. a result but for people to say like oh it's racist because michael phelps was allowed to compete and Shakari she can't and i just was like okay but like the facts of the case are different like yeah. who knows if michael phelps was actually smoking like while he was in competition the fact of the matter is he never failed his drug test for people yeah. to like actually be able to trace that right to him. and so I think that when, when the black community, when we start making comparisons to our white counterparts, I think that we really have to actually like look at the circumstances of each case and say, is this like similar enough to where I could say that like there was racial discrimination because that seems to be the only major difference. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, then I feel like we should not be making those comparisons because sometimes it really isn't about race. Sometimes it's just like, no, you actually like, either broke the rules, or you just need to realize that your actions have consequences, Con- good or bad. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, and I I completely agree with you, and it, we fail sometimes, and I've, I make this generalization because I've seen it so much lately, especially, that, like, my, I, my peers and people of our generation had just completely, they just think rules shouldn't apply, yeah, like, rules don't apply to me, and oh, well, no, they should make an exception for me. What makes you different? You know, what makes you different? Why, why do you think these rules are in place? They're not here just so people can break them. They're here for a reason. You know, they go through different levels of approval and things like that. And they take into consideration a lot of different things. So I think, like you said, facts need to be evaluated before we start making these comparisons. Yeah, that's, and I just was sort of like, you know, if
0: people want to argue that, WADA should update their list, I'm fine with that. I think that that is probably the angle that people need to be arguing. Yeah, yeah To yeah. say that like, oh, it's legal in this state and like it's racist because blah, 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 blah. I just was like, you all are missing the point. The point is that one, she was caught. And then the other point is like, we in the West have a very different view of weed. Than everyone else in the world. Now, I think maybe Wada should, you know, sit and reevaluate. There might need to be some studies mm-hmm. done, uh, you know, as to what how weed actually affects Your performance. Yeah, yeah. And I just was like, okay, people were like, it's not performance enhancing. I'm like, but is there an actual definite definition of performance enhancing? Because we mm. do know that like CBD is like a relaxing uh, chemical. It really has been shown to like help people with anxiety, but what if you're the type of athlete who gets super anxious before a meet, and there are other people that know how to handle their anxiety better, if we were to say that, like, you know, if we allow uh, people to smoke weed, those people with anxiety, like, how would that affect their performance versus not having it? or if you are prone to like having muscle spasms or cramps it's also known to like relax the muscles as well so how are we are to say that um if you didn't smoke weed like maybe your muscles wouldn't have been as relaxed as if you were and so that may have affected your time because you had more mobility in your muscles at the time so i think that there needs to be some studies done on like how it actually affects performance and like i think that water should be just like defining what performance enhancing Enhancing. actually is. Exactly. Um,
1: I agree. Yeah.
0: And um, just for our sip on this moment, you know, if you really thought that being banned, being suspended, being prohibited from defending your title wasn't enough, evidently, the Olympics now wants to join in the governing of black hair. Um, yeah, England's first black female swimmer Alice Deering had a partnership with black owned swim brand company Soul Cap. And for those of you who all don't know, soul caps are specifically designed to fit over afro textured hair. So, anyone who's wearing afro braids, locks like it's meant to be big enough to fit all of that in your swim cap. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure I've got pics of me as a child. With a swim cap. With a swim Um, swim (laughs) cap. Oh my God! It it was so hard to get those things on, Mm -hmm. um, especially over braids. Um, But you know, every um, sports brand that wants to provide equipment for the Olympics has to submit an application to be verified for people to use it. Um, And so, Soul Cap's application was denied, and essentially, the Olympics said in their official statement, the reason why that they were declined was because elite athletes don't need swim caps of this size and the swim cap does not follow the natural curvature of the head. And I said, first of all, so I guess black people can't be elite swimmers now, is that what y'all trying to say. And then like the whole natural curvature of the head thing, I was like, this is giving eugenics. This is giving, <laughs> let's, let's compare skull sizes. Um, so <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that I understand that we want you know swim gear, to, swim gear to be as hyper dynamic, hydrodynamic as possible. Um, but if anything, a lot of people were saying, you know, a lot of scientists, engineers were coming out and saying like, yeah, the sole cap, if anything, you know, it's great for for black swimmers to be able to protect their hair. But if anything, it would be a disadvantage to them, exactly. not an advantage. So why the Olympics would you know come out and say no, you can't use it? Um, a lot of people were questioning that but then i was like okay they probably just want to save face because like let's say that all of the black swimmers start using it and either their times are slower or like they don't win i'm sure they don't want people winning oh i lost because i wore this yeah but then it's also like but you decided to wear it you know knowing that it wasn't as hydrodynamic as Mm -hmm. everything else so I don't know. I think there's a lot of controversy around it because, you know, people are saying it's Black people, like if you did not know, um, in some parts of the U.S. and on some Caribbean islands, it was illegal for Black people to know how to swim. So a lot of us like grew up with that fear of being in the water. I know in particular, my mother did not um, know how to swim until in her later adult life when my dad taught her how to do that. And even when we went to the pool, like my mom was constantly on my dad, like, you know, make sure that they are safe. Like mm-hmm. you need to, don't let them go out into the deep end unless you are absolutely sure like they can handle that. Um, Because mm-hmm. like, if they start drowning, like I can't help them because I yeah. don't how to swim either. <laughs> so yeah, I just, I think that in a way it might be just discouraging to some future black swimmers because we already had that fear of the water for some of us and then like to get over that fear and you start competing and realize that I'm actually pretty good at this um I just feel like it just could be a little bit of a downer for some people
1: um I 100% think you're right my mom is also uh, a big issue yeah yeah and my first of all my mom is terrified of water she will not go to a pool she's Terrified. And if she goes, she's in the three feet of water, you know? So that fear, it, and it's, that's with a lot of people that I know. My sister and I, we're fairly good swimmers because I just think it's a skill that is necessary nowadays, you know? Just, just for safety reasons, you know? So as far as the caps go, now I get to a degree why they are prohibiting it because it's all about uniformity mm-hmm. and um, a standard that they're trying to maintain. And I think they, I think the people in charge are starting to have an issue with us wanting there to be a difference. You know, I think now that uh, Blacks are starting to speak out about things that we feel like are not fair to us and we're trying to make changes, the higher-ups are not happy with that. You know, they want what they want and what's already in place to stay in place. And they don't want any kind of change or diversity in the products that are used or anything like that. So I. I I get the whole idea of uniformity because kind of like the military. Yeah. They don't make bigger hats for people with a lot of hair or braids. You wear the same hat and you make it work, you know? Yeah. Um, so I understand. However, I think that their response was inappropriate because it implies that African-Americans or people with more hair or even like whites who have like curly hair, it implies that they're not elite athletes, which is problematic. And you would think that their PR team would have did a better job with that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was very inappropriate, like a very inappropriate statement. Because I, I got it, I understood why until I read that, and I was like, "Wow, that was not that was really bad PR on their part." So but
0: your PR team must hate you all because <laughs> someone said, "Like it's a black owned product." Yeah, and the words "elite athletes." we're in that same rejection like somebody should have caught that somebody should have been like you know what people might that's take- going to
1: cause some issues yeah <laughs> cause some issues yeah i i don't i think that was a huge mistake on their part but as far as like the hair thing goes i think that we need to start being we need to start realizing that everybody is not the same you know i would wear those horrible caps when i was in swim lessons and i would have to get my hair braided down like yeah. really tight to get it to fit. Otherwise, I would have like, I went um, to a water park recently and I had a little purple swim cap, the same as the same size as the one they wear, the speedo ones. I had to pull yeah. over my braids and it wouldn't go. I had to just take my braids out afterwards because they were all messed up. I think we have to start realizing that there is difference amongst people. And we are, we all don't have hair that we can pull down and wrap into a tight little something and pull a cap over. Yeah. You know, we, we're different and our differences are what, what make us unique and make us individuals and i think that we need to start in in the world in general need to start accommodating these differences you know to i don't think we need to be excessive about it and where people are looking for special accommodations all the time because then it becomes too much but in swimming like you said i when you when you said that i was like this seems to be more a, of a diminisher of a performance than an enhancer with the cat you know like it more hair, you know, it's not as hydrodynamic, like you said, like it's with running. I prefer to have my hair cut or braided because I can cut the air faster, you know? Yeah. But I, I, I just don't see the reason why they would have to deny this, this business's cap if it's helping a different sector of people. It's helping people with more hair. It's helping them to be able to get that, getting your hair in those swim caps is a task. And being able to, if they feel like it's going to help them perform better, why not? You know, if, if they feel like that's going to be, it's inclusive enough for them and it makes them feel comfortable to perform in the water, then I say let them do it. I don't think that there's a real reason why they shouldn't be doing it. Because if, I think that's what the, people need to consider. Flip the roles and consider how that sounds, how that feels and what that looks like. Because it looks terrible now for the Olympics doing this kind of this thing because now it kind of looks like discrimination This a little
0: bit i just kind of was like you know if, if you wanted to deny them that was fine it was just the whole like elite athletes comment where i just kind of was like okay. problematic <laughs> very problematic <laughs> yeah i just like this is this a little more than than problematic um but you know what i think that despite everything that's been going on you know black people we are strong people we have overcome a lot and we continue to push the boundaries Mm -hmm. i definitely think that we will dominate the olympics as we normally do we will be taking the summer olympics by both land air and sea and sea yeah (laughs) period Um, (laughs) i agree we're gonna be doing it um and that's that's all I, i can really say like despite all of these setbacks you know People, I'm hoping that, like, you know, some of these track runners, like, their appeals go through in time. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's disappointing that Shakari can't run, but, you know, in her interviews, she's, you know, I take full responsibility and I know what I, t- I need to do in the future. Like, I know that I, this is not something that I can get away with. Um, and I think that we as the public need to be open into hearing more opinions other than the echo chambers that we sit with. And I mm-hmm. think that the public opinion also needs to, like, try and inform themselves to the best of their ability surrounding certain situations. Like, you can't just, like, see, like, read it. Don't just read the headline. You got to actually sometimes read the article. Read the article. Because <laughs> sometimes the headline is just there to get your attention and not, like, it's not actually what the article is saying. That's not the message. Yeah. Um, and that's all that I can really say is that I hope that people become more informed i hope that the olympics you know sort of looks at their standards and sees where they can try and make changes Um, and if they do make those changes i hope that they can be changes that everyone can be happy with and feel comfortable with and i just want people to be able to compete to the best of their ability and feel comfortable doing it and not feel like they're constantly being under a microscope or that they constantly have to prove or reaffirm who they already said that they were. Um, Just allow the the, the athleticism and the talent to speak for itself.
1: Right, that's what it, it should have been from the beginning. I think our sports are our way to express ourselves and we should let our performance speak for itself and go out there and do what we know, do what our bodies know to do because a lot of this stems from talent personally. I don't think I was gifted to be a track runner, but I work my butt off to be a good track runner. Yeah. And so while it's not what I think my body was meant to do, I think I have the potential and a lot of people have the potential to be great, but it's all about, it's all about going, being able to go out there and do what you're able to do without all of these different all these different setbacks that the world pushes on us, you know, and so considering that and keeping in mind all the different things that are going on in the world and people being more socially aware, socially conscious and considering what they say before they say it and thinking about how other people might feel when these different situations arise, I think will create huge positive waves in the athletic community, specifically in track. I think there's a lot of controversy in track surrounding these issues and hopefully my my prayer is that sooner rather than later we have some kind of clarification and we have some positive steps in the right direction to get our athletes back on the track because in my opinion some of these issues shouldn't be issues you know so i'm hoping for some positivity in the athletic community moving forward especially with the olympics coming up so soon yeah
0: well thank you so much for coming and being thanks for here, having Jasmine. me yeah I know I like honestly like I don't know I I knew that you would have a unique perspective because you are always like so well thought out and like I I don't know i I, th- I like how you are typically an independent thinker and like you actually yeah. like, take the time to like sit and think with an opinion before you speak on it so I, I knew that I was like I, I was like, <laughs> I was, like mm, track. I know that Jasmine runs track and I know that she like actually, you know, will sit and think about something before she says it so let me let me see what you have to say. <laughs> oh, um, I appreciate it. <laughs> I yeah. try, I try, I try. But yeah, thank you so much for coming. Um, I don't know if you want to like drop your socials or anything, but oh, like, sorry. you know, follow Jasmine, she has great content, <laughs> she is a runner, she's a track star. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> she's just an amazing all-around person to be around. So oh, I definitely suggest you. that you tap into her energy.
1: Yeah, I my Instagram is Jasmine Wilson. The X at the A of Jasmine. J A J X S M I N E W I L S O N. Um, I have I run track with um Stevenson University. They stream our, our runs. Um, a lot of it is on the team's websites. So I normally post it. Um, I would love for anybody to watch if, you know, you're interested. It's a great time. Our meets are fun. So just, yeah, tap into that if you're interested in it. And I I share my opinions on a lot of these things on my social media. So, and I try to get all the information and I'm always open to more opinions. So even though I put it out there about what I think, a lot of the times my opinion sways, depending on like the information that I get. So, I love debate and I'm willing to have it on my page at any time. So I really appreciate you having me on. This was fun. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I love it. Yeah, thank you so much again, Jasmine, for coming. And thank you, watchers, for listening and watching. So please remember if you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, go ahead and subscribe to Micah McKenzie. And if you are not following the podcast on Spotify, make sure you do that and hit the thumbs up and the heart button because every little like, share, and comment helps. We need that visibility to promote. So thank you all again. Thank you, Jasmine, for coming and stay tuned for our next cup of tea.